welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with Justin DeClue and Colin Cunningham. And we're, sorry, we're still in quarantine. Of course, we're still. This is really dating these podcasts. Oh if we keep talking about whether what week of quarantine is it, we're in. or we'll be in quarantine forever, <laughs> so it'll make people feel like it's early on in this apocalypse that we're living through. Oh, people are going to be like, "Which apocalypse?" If it's always quarantine, then <laughs> the giant ants. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, so this week we went back to Stephen King Town, um, which was not planned. You mean Maine? Uh, yeah, Bangor, Maine. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't planned. So like, you, you like put in the DVD and you went, "Oh, it's thinner. Yeah. It wasn't in my plan." Not exactly, but uh, I'm always happy to watch this movie. Um, so we mentioned it at the end of the last podcast, uh, Dreamcatcher, and uh, we got a good response. And uh, it was uh, on Twitter, and it was my turn to pick, and I didn't really have anything planned, and. Uh, this, I like this movie. This movie is enjoyable to me. So I, I was happy to watch something this week that, you know, that I enjoy. And yeah. it's not like torture, like something like <laughs> swept away or something. <laughs> that's my last pick. So April doesn't think that the movie that's mostly about a man in a fat suit, whose fat suits get progressively smaller, is not torture. No. Now, I have to say that this movie, and I'm April's age, yeah. was advertised like crazy when we were teenagers. I don't remember it. I remember when the book came out, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the d- time was. I- I'm guessing it was maybe like three years or something in between when the book and the movie came. I'm just guessing. It's no, usually I the case. I think this was, uh, well, first of all, this is a Richard Bachman book. This isn't a Stephen King book. But it's credited Stephen King <laughs> in, in the credits it is. of the movie. Uh, yeah, because I think the book came out in the 80s. So he wrote it under oh, his Bachman. Wait, April, do you not know the story of Richard Bachman? Yeah, we do. <laughs> it was like Stephen oh, King's pseudonym where he could kind of do, you know, different things. April speaks in the, in the plural now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that the... Didn't he use a a, pic- a fake picture? Um, yeah, of like a, yeah. a guy who mows lawns or something. The um, lawnmower man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean Pan the Goat God? Yeah, and then so, and then he started a band called Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, and. <laughs> So Wait, Richard Bachman, Richard, for people that Rich, don't know. Richard Bachman Turner Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> like Colin said, it was a pseudonym that King made because he wanted to prove that he was a good writer who could get attention based on his writing, not just his name, Stephen King. And guess what happened? He could not get any attention for <laughs> and it. And then he wrote The Running Man. Yeah, I mean, yep. I my mom owned this book um, and I assumed she got it. Not in the maybe it was reissued under Stephen King. It probably was. I that think was after probably what happened. Yeah, there was after a point when like the you know the jig was up and everybody knew who Richard Bachman was, and I think they probably maybe re-released them under his like Stephen King name. Yeah, um, but no, Justin, you're right. I remember when this movie came out. It was there was t- a lot of TV commercials and we as a family would joke and say thinner like that <laughs> oh man i yeah. had never seen it Wait, though that lady doesn't say it in the movie isn't it a woman no it's no. the man in the trailer she's like thinner it's, and it's i'm imagining her pointing and doing it no it's the uh, it's the lead it's the kind of gypsy king i guess yeah we should look up old mm. trailers because maybe it was like maybe it was the woman in the trailer and that's why everyone seems to remember it or maybe way. it was just like a woman's voice saying it over some other you know they can i thought watching these trailers that a lady with a slingshot would play a much bigger part in the movie. <laughs> That's like the dumbest I remember thing. as a kid being like, what, how do they defeat this thing with a slingshot? Because it's in every trailer. Oh my God, it's just like it. Slingshots again. <laughs> oh my God. Steve, yep. Stephen King tropes are, this is the thing. It's like, uh, 
when you watch like two back and back to back, like mm-hmm. you, as I mentioned last week, you see the same see things the, the in every elements. book and every movie. And I kind of yeah. want to compare this a little bit to Dreamcatcher, whereas this is a much smaller movie, much smaller budget. Um, it kind of seems feels like a TV movie sometimes. It does. Whereas mm-hmm. Dreamcatcher was meant to be a big blockbuster. <laughs> it was huge, meant to be epic movie, and it ended up being much more confusing and convoluted. Even though this has some uh, convolutedness to it as well. Don't you mean thinner was supposed to be a twenty-one minute episode of Tales from the Crypt? Exactly. It ended up being ninety-two minutes. Exactly. This is a movie that I never had any interest in seeing because I'm like, oh, so it's just a guy that. Gets thinner throughout the movie. What else he got for me? And everywhere was like, ah, not much. It's pretty much it. <laughs> so I just avoided it. A little until more. having to watch it for this podcast. There's a couple other gypsy curses in there. Well, um, <laughs> they're not cool though. Lizard. Well, the, the yeah, but I wanted like a lizard man running around like ripping people's throats. You don't out. even yeah. see the lizard man. That's a dream sequence when you see him. Well, it's just like assumed that that's what he looks like. But the, well, first of all, this is directed by Tom Holland, who did uh, the first Child's Play. And Fright Night. Spider-Man himself. Spider-Man himself. Fright Night. <laughs> yeah, before he became Spider-Man. Uh, he just looks yeah. young. He's actually like 70 years old. We only saw Fright yeah. Night for the, at least that was the first time for me, like two years ago or something. We watched it. And I loved it. I, I was like, how school. have I slept on this for so long? It's That's a great very movie. very 80s. It's it's cheesy, but it's super fun. I love the horror, uh, Roddy McDowell, right? Roddy the, McDowell, and yeah. that character and there's Chris so Sarandon many Chris Sarandon is, is amazing and like super sexy yeah don't watch evil. the uh, I like that movie don't watch be- the remake because he's an evil vampire but you kind of see where he's coming from he's like he just wants a quiet life oh you that know? scene when he walks into the nightclub and he's like seducing that, that woman so it's so amazing. fucking amazing and, and he's wearing this he couldn't be wearing a less sexy like sweater. He's wearing this giant sweaters <laughs> were in. Remember Basic Instinct? There, oh, there yeah, was a club that's right. scene with a sweater in that too. I think Michael Douglas was wearing a sweater in Basic Instinct. He was. But like with no shirt on underneath. It was just like this sweater. Chris Sarandon pulled it off a lot better. But that movie also had I love the um the special effects of the the big stretchy vampire face. Oh yeah, that's right. It's really gross. It was the neighbor from uh Married with Children. Um, and Tom yes, Holland, who went into gay pornography. That's no, right. no. You're thinking of uh, Evil Ed. Yeah, Evil Ed did. I'm talking about the the woman. Oh yeah, you mean the stretchy face vampire at the end and like the long flowing white dress? Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, like the lead character's mm-hmm. girlfriend. Yes, um, but yeah, Tom Holland. What did he do after Friday? He also directed Child's Play. He directed the Whoopi Goldberg action film Fatal Beauty, which was supposed to be uh, Beverly Hills Cop and the Langoliers. Yes, the Langoliers. Oh, Who can no. forget that? He also made a movie called The Temp, which was like a '90s erotic thriller that I've never seen, right. starring Timothy Hutton and Laura Flynn Boyle. That's he's a right. writer and director. He's mostly yeah. He's a really good writer. He did Psycho Two. He also did Cloak and Dagger, which is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I really like that movie. Uh, that was like Cloak and Dagger was one of those movies I taped off of TV and like watched twenty times when I was. Have a kid. I seen this? I don't think so. Like we it was, didn't. Oh, it's very disturbing for kids. Oh yeah. I don't. I, I'm it's like Henry I, Thomas I'm and thinking, Dabney Coleman. I'm thinking of the bar Cloak and Dagger in Toronto, which I think closed. <laughs> it's not a documentary about that bar. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, and it's also not about everyone's favorite Marvel uh, characters, uh, Cloak and Dagger, yes. <laughs> who recently got their own TV show. Well, it's been canceled now, but oh. it existed for two seasons. I think I remember going to a theater and my friend. This was back before Cloak and Dagger came out. And I think it was around the same time as like the Never Ending Story or Never Ending Story Two, and then we were in the theater. I don't know, 
to see what movie. But then the never ending story trailer came out and it was like this, whoa, it's a fantastical movie. And my friend turns to me, and he's like, that's the trailer for cloak and dagger. I read about this movie in whatever, like <laughs> oh, some he, magazine, in Atari magazine, yeah, cloak and dagger. Or it's got to be a use click. ColecoVision? ColecoVision, yeah. Oh, that was the one. I was a ColecoVision man. So your friend was wrong. And so, well, uh, thanks for listening to the Tom Holland cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, was this the only Stephen King thing he did other than the Langoliers? Uh, uh, I yeah, I think so. Maybe they're like, get off. We only have one director who makes middling uh, versions of Stephen King stories, <laughs> and that's Mick Garris. <laughs> yeah, Mick Garris is the Stephen King guy. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I never saw this movie until a couple years ago and me and Colin watched it because we had heard how funny it was, but it wasn't like it was like around or on TV that I know of. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I'm going to sound really silly here, but when I was younger, when this movie came out and I guess when the book was reissued, the idea really scared me. <laughs> like I thought the hmm. idea of, uh, a, a curse and then you just keep losing weight until you eventually become erased <laughs> is the line from the movie was really scary now the issue with this movie or the great thing about this movie is that it is supposed to be scary but it doesn't come off as scary and they're kind of riding that line between it goes, yeah corny and um like we're actually trying to be scary. At some points, it it, it kind of goes back and forth. I think, and uh, it doesn't quite find its place. But I think it, it's not trying to be funny. But I guess you could say like, a lot of times it is. You could say Fright Night is kind of like that too, a little bit. Like that's not like a straight up like dark horror movie that has like a lighthearted tone to it. But just like sometimes when you're first introduced to this guy, so first of all, it's uh, Robert John Burke. Um, who I, <gasps> Robocop himself? I don't know. <laughs> the Robocop. <laughs> the Robocop. No, he played Robocop in Robocop 3. <laughs> who played Robocop in Robocop 2? Peter Weller. Oh, they, they uh, got him back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Peter Weller's like, I want to wear the blue suit again. And they're like, sorry, Peter, we're going back to the gray. <laughs> My God. And he's like, no, blue or nothing. <laughs> and they're like, all right, you're out of the role. But, all right, uh, the third one's going to be a PG-13, and you got a kid sidekick. <laughs> Robert, Robert mm-hmm. John Burke... Um, who I've only seen like in bit parts in television series. He is like a character actor, but he's not bad. He's got a. Yep, he's really good in Dust Devil um, as the titular Dust Devil. That is the, Richard um, Stanley's movie. Yeah, Richard Stanley's I've never movie. never seen that. It's good. Yeah, but he's like one of those like grizzled character actors. He's in so much stuff that you've seen. He's in like Copland. He was an episode of Witchblade, the TV series. Oh, yeah. He's a belligerent American in Munich. I saw him in an episode of Sex in the City. (laughs) I think I've probably Mm -hmm. seen him more. I only think I know him from this movie in Robocop 3, but... He has a very distinctive voice, um, which I like, <laughs> yeah. um, which is a little hidden during the beginning scenes of this it, movie. It when doesn't quite fat. work for uh, for a fat suit. For a jolly but. fat man? No. <laughs> but later it works. It's like a... Why could... Why did he have... I mean, I wish he was either more grotesque or more fun. <laughs> what do you mean? He looks performance or... In his fat suit. Um, well, the fat suit, but he doesn't look gross enough. Yeah, I mean, well, should we just start by talking about the fat suit because the body <laughs> doesn't look. It looks wrong. It doesn't look like a real I mean, person. What is like a successful fat suit? Like the clumps? Well, I, or... Do they exist? The clumps is yeah, not that clumps? successful. Well, I can't remember, but you're right. Like, when has the body ever looked real? 
And, you know, somebody like um, him should be easy because people don't have an association of uh, an actor in their mind. I know. It's, going, yeah. Oh, it's not a big star yeah. that you're looking at. But, uh, like, but it still looks wrong I was, here. I was saying to April, there's something slightly like cartoonish and it may be just the way mm. he's playing it. You know, when we're kind of yeah. introduced to him and he's always whoa, like wide eyed and like, he has whoa. this like funny smile and this kind of like affable face that he's doing. I think he's trying to act too much through the makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's sort of, his portrayal is, uh, it's a little theatrical. Which, like the, it, the makeup, the it's face, a cartoonish. The a face bit. looked good. Like mm-hmm. the jowl, like it. We'll get into this, but great makeup in this movie. Fantastic makeup. We'll get we'll get to our rankings of how we thought the fat suit did out of a hundred. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure. But like the the thing about fat suits, and I'm sure they've advanced like the technology now, the materials. <laughs> no, I'm sure. fat suit technology. <laughs> yeah, now it's like it's super space rubber that we use, and there's no friction. Well, what, what year is this movie? It's like Early, 90, This year is 1996. Oh. So yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, you it's know, back back in the day, you know, you're just stuffing a, a pillow down your pants or something like that. Well, we see this <laughs> fat suit like naked at one point, too. But it's not a fat suit. That is an actual fat person. No, I mean the shower scene. Well, from the waist up, you do. But yeah. the thing about right. uh, fat, and I've, I've seen it in movies and I can't just pick it right now, but uh, it's the jiggle. It's the weight and the jiggle. Um, <laughs> it seems weird talking. Sorry, about I'm just imagining Colin doing like a CGI fat suit and watching it like jiggle <laughs> for weeks on end to get it perfect. You have to get that jiggle right, and when You're it's right. just yeah. when it's just solid foam, the weight it, uh, it, mm-hmm. you can tell it has no weight to it, and it's not hanging, it's not moving properly. So if a person moves fast, it's not sort of trailing after them and kind of rocking back and forth. No, I see that on RuPaul's Drag Race uh, where the, the queens use the hip pads at, or like they will, um, if they're super thin, they'll pad their butt. But right. when they shake it, uh, it doesn't move and it doesn't have the same effect exactly. as a real butt um, moving. <laughs> but you can, you can tell that, you know, when he's got this fat suit on, it's not, it doesn't weigh as much it's not adding mm. 200 pounds to him so it's not affecting his mm. gait as well so he's sort of doing what he can to kind of imply that he weighs a lot yeah, which kind of comes off he, a little cartoon but he's no like daniel day lewis daniel day lewis would or <laughs> yeah if he wore a fat suit you would buy <laughs> okay, it. okay well here's a better example is um dick cheney uh vice uh same makeup person yeah greg which, canham but uh christian bale oh i love greg canham does carry that better uh, like it was i was well, that's like what i'm saying cheney um <laughs> is he played by daniel day lewis playing christian Bale, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing a dick cheney impersonation oh, oh man, man. he's so amazing. good he's yeah. so good uh, inception <laughs> he um well yeah i mean you get it with like uh newer sort of materials with like silicone or mm. something like that but you know it has more of like a, a jiggly Appearance. Well, there's like ten years difference between Vice and Thinner, so technology has more than that. Done I better. would say, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, Greg Canham, uh, he's won like five Oscars for his work. He did like Mrs. Doubtfire, mm. and there's more makeup in this movie other than just this initial fat suit. But I guess we'll we'll get to Go it. Go ahead. Let's get to the the story. Okay. Well, um, I think his name is Billy, our main character, right? I believe it's I believe sure. it's Billy. Let's go with Billy. Yeah, it's Billy Halleck. Yeah. 
Um, he's a lawyer who's overweight and um, he has a <laughs> wife and a daughter and he's got a big case uh, defending the mob boss of Maine, Joe Montana. Fat Tony. Okay, so this is my favorite part of this <laughs> Joe movie. Joe Montana? Anytime Joe Montana shows <laughs> it's up, the best. you're like, oh, this movie's getting good. I can't believe there's, there's not enough Joe Montana in this movie. I said last week that... Uh, Thinner was originally Stephen King. He wanted to write a um, Donald E. Westlake novel, like a Parker novel. Right. Joe Montana was that character. <laughs> like in the book, he's supposedly like even more of a Terminator type person. That he's like kicking butts and taking names the entire way through. Well, his name is Richie the Hammer Janelli. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, so like Billy the lawyer gets him off. Um, I don't know if they explain exactly for what. On but a technicality. Yeah, yeah they kind of do. He it's was like, going to go away. He was going to go away for like hiring a hitman to kill somebody or something like that. And yeah. he ends up getting him off uh, through Because some this guy had other hits out on him. And then, yeah, it was a technicality. Um, and then Joe Montana is like, Billy, you, I still owe you. You and me, we're like brothers. And if you ever need something, you just come like to me. Like a gypsy curse or something. <laughs> Let me know. I'm just, I will help you solve it. Just randomly. I'm just pulling that out of uh, yeah. And he doesn't really meet up with him until like the last third of the movie. Well, he goes to his yacht, as you do, uh, to have a, a big pasta dinner. <laughs> but they're in Maine, so just hanging out on the dock. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> what is what is the mafia <laughs> contingent in Maine? It makes like? me wonder like is there like a mafia everywhere? <laughs> Yes, there's one in Toronto. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's a big city. This is like small town Maine. This is Maine. Like, what, what's the mafia running in Maine? Like, the, uh, the lobster? Maine mafia, they both start with the same letter. I think it makes sense. Maine mafia. <laughs> Shit just locks together. No, they run, it's like the, the lobster racket. But they're at the Italian, like, Maine mafia. Well, you I know mean, what, you know, lobster... Did you guys hear about the crazy racket of, like, murder and, like, beatings that happened in Toronto over towing truck companies? Yes, this is insane. No. Cars exploding, like the police did this raid two days ago and arrested like 40 20 people. people. Oh my god! Whoa! Yeah, there was like a warring uh, tow truck companies. Companies like first <laughs> yep, first degree murder. They would like set fires to other tow trucks. This is happening you know, right now. Uh, yes. Yeah, right now it just happened. Wow! A I'm, few days ago they were arrested. So you know a lobster mafia, not that much out of a question. <laughs> well, you know it's a big deal. Like you can't just um, pull lobster traps out of the water. Those are commercial <laughs> lobster traps. Um, you know you can uh, end up picking up garbage off a highway and uh, doing community service if you do that. So I'm just picturing. Well, it sounds like this happened. To you, <laughs> you just can't. Fan, you just can't. Fans, speaking you just can't pull speaking them for friends, well, fans of a certain TV show will know what I'm talking about, but I'm I don't even, won't go into it. What Lobster oh. Mafia is at the show? <laughs> oh wait, is this Arrested Development? <laughs> oh, no, it's an episode of Seinfeld. All I'm thinking of oh. is like mafia guys in suits uh, on like a fishing trawler, like pulling lobster, up lobster traps. The Lobster Mafia, and then they like look over at the other like. Boats and the guy just does. You didn't his, see nothing. You didn't you see don't feel nothing. no pain. And, and then, then they're like they, they're throwing bodies into the. Well, to torture the water. people, they use the the lobster claws, the pincer claws. Yeah, <laughs> around around their balls. Get them clamps. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, Billy, the lawyer, after his big success, is driving down the road, and his wife is giving him a uh, BJ, as one does. <laughs> as a little special surprise. And I mean, this and is then, very uh, irresponsible. And just runs out into the street. Well, first of all, the gypsies arrive in town in the opening credits. Also, and... we should probably not say gypsy, because that's considered an offensive term. Although they do say it in this movie a lot. But uh, they're known as... Well, yeah, I was thinking of what the term... It's Romani. Uh, Romani, Romani, but Romani or Roma, yeah. But Roma. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I've read that it's sometimes considered. I don't. I know. think that the word. Uh, I mean, I can't speak because I don't know anybody who would classify under this. But using the word "gypped" is definitely like yeah. Mm-mm. That's considered that's like, not good. That's like Indian giver. It has racist connotations Yeah, it's to like it. you're ripped off. And they say- I used to say yeah. that as a kid. Like, uh, oh, oh me chipped. too, all the time. But I, I was hearing that that was offensive Like, um, by the time I was in high school. Um, mm. But they, do, they, they don't say that in this movie, but they say that old jip, and which sounds uh, really bad because yeah. they're saying it with such hate. Uh, there's a, there's uh, a the real- The original name of the novel was Gypsy Pie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not gonna sell too well. Um, that was a song by yeah, Warren, wasn't it? Thinner. <laughs> yeah. Thin- Listen, we need something, something like thinner. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like the the evil um, Romani man touches him and says uh, thinner, but shouldn't he be saying like skinny man or something like that? Because he says <laughs> he says like lizard to the guy who turns into a lizard, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, excuse me, sir. I don't think uh, is this supposed to be some kind of magical gypsy yeah. curse. <laughs> so this is a world where magic exists. Um, anyway, so yes. after the roadhead incident, well, uh, first of all, I want to talk about the gypsies arriving in town in the opening oh, credits. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> these cars are arriving out of the mist it's like they're driving out of the mist like the stephen king mist that's a reference Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like oh it's meant to be scary i guess it's meant to be scary but the music is kind of comical but then later they're just they roll into town and they have they're basically setting up a carnival and it's it's explained that this one group of romani are like travelers mm. as they are sometimes called in other cultures and the again UK. they they have like games and stuff for kids and stuff and then like the old man um who is, is that like uh billy's it's, boss no it's the judge oh, oh wait it's the judge yeah it's the judge and billy's boss at one point are like Ugh. yeah he's like oh they come here they they spread disease and and then billy is like i don't know they seem to bring a little bit of fun so he didn't even hate the romani at all yeah that's my big problem with this movie is that i wish the billy character was either more of a wide-eyed innocent or like a really evil person that you'd take joy in seeing him suffer i agree because he's in the middle he starts off like kind of okay he's joking around with his daughter like he has like a good Mm -hmm. home life um and but then he doesn't really seem to show much remorse or or any remorse actually for that Mm -hmm. uh, car accident because he's like i didn't do anything wrong and then later he turns into a huge asshole who commits murder essentially yeah i kind of feel like (laughs) after so basically his wife is giving a blow a blow job and uh we're introduced to like the gypsy king he's in the pharmacy the gypsy king's great band (laughs) uh don't you mean the romani king yeah the romani kings um so he was in the pharmacy and uh stephen king is the the pharmacist of course (laughs) doctor it's a great cameo so great they bring him back again when they're in court yeah his name is dr bangor (laughs) (laughs) bangor maine is where stephen king lives 
Um, so while he's like getting his, uh, he's got this like nose cancer or something like that. And the, he's getting like the a, old gypsy man. Now people will know him from my big fat Greek wedding. He's the dad mm-hmm. in that uh, movie. So he's got a ton of makeup on, but then this lady that he's with who looks like 50 years older than him walks out into the middle of the street and then gets hit by, uh, Robert John Burke's character. It's revealed later that she's his daughter. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and okay. he's a uh, hundred and ten years old or something. I think he was over a hundred and six or something like that. It was like, oh my god. Yeah, which I figured out later is not necessarily magic because he could have a like seventy-year-old or an eighty. Okay, if he was like a hundred and ten and he had a baby when he was like say like fifteen or something, he could have mm-hmm. an elderly daughter. Um, but the first time I saw it, I thought it was supposed to be his, like, granddaughter or something. I thought it was his wife, because... <laughs> no, no. She's totally... She looks like she's about 80-something. But he's a magic man, so... Um. He looks like <laughs> it doesn't he's... doesn't matter, a- <laughs> yeah. We don't need to make logic. Yeah, he so, looks like he's about uh, 50 with, like, a lot of latex on his face. He has a big sore on his face, and that's part of the reason why we're supposed to be very, like, put off, because it looks gross. <sighs> Yeah, I wish he had like demon, like um, I don't know, helpers or something like that, <laughs> which would have been offensive in the idea of who they're representing. But uh, I, this is my issue with the movie. I wish he just like pushed further, mm-hmm. and there was like more elements because what ends up happening is, you know, the gypsy king goes thinner, and then um, Robert Burke starts to uh, lose weight, mm-hmm. and the people that also had stuff to do with the court case stuff starts happening to them. Much much worse stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so faster. He, he kind of gets off because it's like, you know, at at first it seems like a dream. You know, his wife's always been on his back about, uh, like, losing weight. and Going on a diet. The funny thing is, is, like, all around their house, all the artwork on the walls is food-related. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like drawn, like, food art. There's food okay. art, and it's then... It's like, God, the, the production designer went a little far. They had one <laughs> shot in his kitchen, and I swear to God, there is, like, 12 bags of big Doritos like (laughs) party size bags of Doritos yeah so he's a snacker he can eat anything he wants now and he's losing weight it's like oh my she's got this big laptop that she types in you know what do you weigh now and like 267 it's like oh my god that's you've lost uh, over 20 pounds in two weeks and uh, then they realize something is wrong and then this is when uh, Billy starts to get really angry He's, he's upset about his situation, but he really just like takes it out like on his family. And it's coincidentally at the same time, he uh, is convinced that his wife is having an affair, which I think is not in the book. Um, I think I they added that to the movie to kind of try and vilify her, but she never seems like a villain. She's even when it's like more suggested that she's cheating on him. Like, even <laughs> if she's having an affair, does that. Um warrant the fate that she gets at the end absolutely yes. not I think it would make more sense if it was like a Tales from the Crypt story which is short and like the characters that's all they have yeah exactly because it's so long like we'll get to the ending it kind of came out of nowhere and I was like huh what's going on I know because at that point we had been at this other location for so long because this was the whole thing about where he actually goes and gets the Romani people mm-hmm. um, but before that he's just like rapidly losing weight and he goes to this the Glassman clinic well, which again and why what's even the point of that stupid glassman clinic? He is scene? stuffing every time he's he's saying, Oh, I lost weight, he is stuffing something into his mouth. He's eating chips and sundaes. Every oh, scene. Blah, blah, blah. There's like a dinner.
dinner scene with his wife and daughter that is so disgusting. It's so funny. He's eating angrily and disgustingly, and he upsets his and daughter. And, and then he, like, insults his wife, and he says, oh, I guess I was sucking my own dick in the car. And she's like, that's a horrible thing to say. But he's, like, he, he's like <laughs> sucking on chicken. He's <laughs> corn on the cob. She's she's cooked him like for somebody who's always on his back about losing weight. She's made about like twenty seven courses for him at this dinner. Well, you like, know, there's usually someone enabling these people. I know, but at one point, like she just hands him a big, a big these bowl. people. It's like a big bowl of meringue that doesn't even. It was look- like a pie, a bit of meringue. It looked like just. It looked like he was just eating whipped cream. Which you know what? That was probably like skim milk whipped cream. It just looked like a like the sh- actor. He has to eat take after take of this stuff. But it's just. It what looks if like we learn just- that he actually put that weight on Raging Bull stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we've been wrong the entire time? Wait, wait a second, Vice. Didn't Christian Bale really gain that weight? Uh, uh, a little bit, I think. But makeup helped him out. Okay, because well. I may have been completely wrong on what my whole comparison. No, he did. Like in real life, yeah. like you see him. He did. I remember he was doing a talk uh, somewhere. So that's completely different. But again, he showed up to the talk and he had to explain to the audience, like, "Hey, I look this way. Like I'm in a role right now." Blah, okay, blah, blah. so but the reason the difference between Vice and Thinner is um, Robert John Burke has to get thinner, so he couldn't actually gain weight. In fact, he probably lost As weight. As to wait, he lost that's not a, the plot of Vice. I also thought it was. <laughs> about uh, Dick Cheney uh, was hit with a Romani curse and had to get thinner. No, his curse just has his curse just made him have ten heart attacks. Mm. <laughs> Cholesterol. But yeah. And so uh, Robert John Burke goes around and meets um, other Seinfeld alumni. Yeah, speaking too. of Seinfeld, that's right. It's the police officer, um, um, Mr. Kruger on Seinfeld, mm-hmm. who was the cop on duty that night of the accident. Who um, well, they kind of get lied. him off. They kind of like cooperate. Like the judge gets him off, and uh, yeah, the, the cop testifies that oh, you know, he uh, he was going the legal speed limit. We could tell by his skid marks or something. But then like later that. you find out that the cop also ran the gypsies out of town, quote unquote. So right. I think that's mm-hmm. also why that they he got he got it really bad. And so we, we don't even know what wait, happened. What curse did they give to him? Were they like? Um, boily or something like he that. He has boils and he has like elephantitis on half his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like he ate shellfish and had a reaction. Like his lips <laughs> are inflamed. <laughs> he got stung by a really big bee. And he gives Robert Burke the gun and he's like, kill all the gypsies. Yeah, but like the judge, uh, he has like this gross like psoriasis on his stomach and that's where the gypsy man had touched him. And then there's a really funny scene with his like alcoholic wife. Oh my God, um, he, go- so he goes to visit her and he's like, I know he's home. You said that he's like away doing something. I know he's here and blah, 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 gypsy curse. And then she's like, uh, she uses that word jip again and she goes completely off the rails and is doing like a very very theatrical performance where she's like <laughs> screaming and she's like he's got scaly skin yeah. and black eyes <laughs> black tinfoil eyes she'd be like come back in, in, in a week after you've lost another 40 pounds and you tell me <laughs> she says you that Welcome, and she's girls screaming and to the heavens she says he's evolution in reverse 
she just lost her mind. It just sounded like uh, I really could picture funny. Stephen King, I mean Richard Bachman, writing this dialogue. Yeah. And that's she's, And I was just like, when am I going to see this lizard man? Well, yeah. And then the next him. scene you see him, but then it turns out to be a, um, a dream. A dream it's, yeah, it's like a dream. Yeah. And this is like my favorite scene. I love this dream oh, sequence. it's the best scene of the movie. It's so good. Well, so, we haven't introduced uh, Slingshot Lady yet. Well, this is Carrie Wurr. She's the uh, Gypsy King's daughter or granddaughter. Maybe granddaughter. Granddaughter, yeah. Something like that. Uh, She's sort of introduced earlier in the movie. She's like this sort of seductress and... Uh, Robert John Burke's terrible actress in this movie. Uh, She's over the top. She's very over the top. (laughs) But she's great in Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, she's in that? I've never seen that. I don't don't know her from anything, actually. She was apparently in Sliders, but she came in... Like oh, the, the sec- John Rice Davies TV show. She came in the second show. half of Sliders, and I watch Sliders all the time. But there was a different female. It was like, like we only have one girl per show. So she, the original female, left, and then Carrie Wurr came on. And I think I had stopped watching at that point, so I don't even remember her really. I don't remember Sliders. <clears throat> Great show. Maybe you slid to a different dimension where uh, Carrie Wur was a star slider. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember it being great. I haven't seen it since the 90s. Oh, John. Oh, I watch it all the time as well, and I have no memory of the show. I, I, just, I, I just know John Reese Davies was in it, and I, I it don't know. It was John Reese Davies, David O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell. Right. Um, <laughs> other girl before Jerry Carrie O'Connell's Ward. brother, David O'Connell. I remember. Hey, guys, how's it going? Yeah, the lesser. So, what would they do? They would slide between dimensions? This every episode. Yeah they would slide into a new dimension and they would yeah, have to... Yeah, so it would be like, oh, dinosaurs! Well, the one that I remember for some reason is they went to a, a world where your greatest fears like manifest themselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that a dimension? Yeah, that sounds like that episode of Star Trek Voyager, actually. But no, that's what happened. But then they fig- figured out that whatever they imagined would like... Come true. Would, would come true so like this one guy's like oh, i really wish i had a, a gun and then he just looks down and he has one and he shoots the bad guy <laughs> i wish i had a huge ass <laughs> yeah do you guys remember uh this is probably before your time but the tv series uh voyagers mm. it was voyagers like, there was no. like an actor john eric hexham he was like kind of hot in the 80s uh he ended up killing himself by accident on set one time but there was a show called voyagers where they had this little he was like from the future and he had this little device that looked like a kind of stopwatch (laughs) and then they would basically every episode him and this kid sidekick would kind of slide i guess back in time uh to like Uh, i'll point out why me and april don't know about it because the show only lasted 20 episodes and played from 1982 to 1983 (laughs) oh just one year right it was like john eric hexham and i think the kid's name was minu pilus or Peluche. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, was it good? Uh, it was great. I would watch it like every week. <laughs> but they would wow, jump. It sounds like it's time for a new Voyager's Marathon, April. You know what it was like? It was like uh, Quantum Leap. Well, I was so he would say, go oh, back. I love Quantum Everyone Leap. brings up Quantum Leap. I've never seen that. It wasn't like on. I never watched it. It wasn't on when I was a kid, or maybe I just didn't get that it channel. It was April, because I remember watching it a lot coming home from school. What channel? Maybe you just didn't have the right Space? channel. Up. Uh, yeah, probably space. No, no I never see this. <laughs> or TBS. Space is what we have up here in Canada. <laughs> I remember it always being on, but I never watched it. Well, I love like, Scott Bakula. Mm. I'm like, no, thank you. I saw Voyagers. Uh, Wait, you love Scott Bakula in what? Um, you know what? <laughs> Lord I, of maybe Illusions. I haven't actually seen him in anything. I just think he's attractive because I didn't even watch Enterprise. 
seen like an episode. Oh, I watched Enterprise. Um, that show is not very good. But I guess Scott Bakula was, in, was in American Beauty. I don't know, Behind the Candelabra. You a big fan of that Steven Soderbergh movie? I, I watched American <laughs> American Beauty a lot. He was in that. Was he really? Oh, that's right. He's he one was. of the gay neighbors. Oh, it's, mm. He has like one line. Oh, okay. um, anyway, back to thinner. <laughs> um, so Carrie Wurr is the uh, young gypsy lady, and um, she's kind of screwing around, and she she spits a lot in this movie. That's supposed to be like her thing. When she doesn't like somebody, she spits on them. It happens like three times. Um, but uh, so he 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 figures out like what's going on, and so he goes to this carnival. He tracks him down, and she's at this like. Uh, not ring toss, but I guess like shooter shooter gallery game. Yeah. And there's all these dolls that you can win. And then he realizes they are the three men who were cursed. And then there's a, a really scary looking realistic doll of him in this big um, talking head suit because <laughs> he's so thin and he has like he's like a corpse. Yeah, he looks like he, he looks like a zombie. And the, but the they all look like Tim Burton dolls. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it, it looked like something out of uh, I don't know Beetle Corpse Juice, Corpse Bride which, or something like that. I should point out this film was co-written by Michael McDowell, a novelist who also wrote the first draft of Beetlejuice. Really? Yep. Michael D- McDowell is a great author, and his work hasn't really been adapted that much. And I don't know why he was writing on this movie, but it is not his best work. Oh, it's no. so funny. Uh, it could have been darker, I guess. But I kind of like how mm. they, you know, you haven't, at, at this point, you haven't seen the judge or the police chief. Mm-hmm. So they kind of show uh, Robert John Burke's character, and the doll looks just like him. And you're like, oh, it's creepy. But then they show the other two characters. And you're like, oh, cool. Like, I wish I could see them. Yeah, they look gross. And then so he freaks out and runs away. And the judge pulls up a car and says, hey, get in. And he has this, he, he looks like um, he's turning into like a rock monster, actually. Because his, yeah. his face is like pe- like disintegrating off him. So they have this, yeah. some like CG effects over like the makeup effects. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's pretty well done. Yeah, and, and then, then it's like this crazy <laughs> this car sequence where there's like this insane music. And it's like it's it's kind of like Danny Elfman esque music, mm-hmm. and uh, like the camera's going nuts, and then we see the Romani old man in a big truck driving towards them, and he's going, ah, <laughs> and he's <laughs> laughing at them, and then it almost crashes, and then he wakes up, and it's at this point I have I have to ask, is this really supposed to be scary? Because like no, that no. Was, no, it's supposed to be goofy. like a comedy sequence, so it's like how can I watch this and not be having an amazing time? <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, not much is happening on screen. <laughs> it's it's great. Other than that dream sequence, it's just Robert John Burke being like, "Man, I lost a lot of weight." Yeah, the, yeah but, that but, sequence might be the best sequence in the movie. Oh yeah, the nightmare sequence is hilarious. Uh, Sam Raimi was supposed to direct this movie in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yes, after uh, Crime Wave, so it would have been his third feature film oh, for Dino De Laurentiis, and he said, eh, "I'd rather make Evil Dead Two instead." Uh, what would have Sam Raimi's thinner look like? Well, maybe that dream Ooh. sequence was a, like a little clue as to maybe how like, mm-hmm. goofy or it could have been. Well, it Wait. would have been Bruce Campbell in the lead role. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I know what Sam Raimi's thinner would have looked like. It would have been Drag Me to Hell, which has the exact same plot as this movie. <laughs> which, yeah, we talked, right. which we talked about last week, um, which I like, but I don't like Drag Me to Hell as much as um, Thinner. <laughs> uh, I would go the other way. <laughs> I like Thinner better. 
because um, a thinner. I love your love of thinner because I find it baffling. <laughs> you know what? This is the third time we've watched it now, and I love it. I love Insanity. it even more. You know. Um, well, I don't know what you see in it, well, but you know, it's good that you know every movie is somebody's favorite movie. Exactly. So I'm glad that thinner can be yours. It's not my favorite, but what I will say is that this movie it it. I feel like it's like a modern B movie, and I mean I know there are B movies now, obviously, but like it reminds me of like a, like a almost like an '80s B movie. That okay, like it's a horror movie, but there's it's fun. There's some some goofy like you know sequences. The only thing that this movie is really missing for that is like some fun gore. Like his. Have you ever watched any episodes of Tales from the Crypt, April? Uh, I don't think so. I think we just watched one of the movies. Cause like. Every episode of Tales from the Crypt is like this. And yeah. Tom Holland actually directed four episodes. Oh, did he really? And, like, <laughs> they have like dream sequences. It's all like crazy comeuppances at the end. No, I love like the it's, Dutch like, the angles thing. in this. There's all kinds oh, of like, yeah. close up, like like low view angles. Um, well, maybe I have to check out Creep Show. Or um, Tales, oh, from, the Tales, cr- from, the Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. I hope that at the end of every episode, you're like, this is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> all right, put in the next one. <laughs> Um, he was this is my dying thing ever. to get in. Anyway, so he tracks down the Romani people and uh, he says, take the curse off. And he's like really, really he's like losing pleading, weight at this you know. point. And then they'd say no. And then Carrie Wurr spits on him again. Um, well, he doesn't ever apologize. He's never like, I'm sorry. What I did was wrong. He's like, please take it off. I think he was kind of <laughs> like, like, no. He, does he even say like. I have a family or no, no well, just, you should say I'm sorry. It doesn't it like, yeah. and he never does. I think he was kind of like, I had nothing. No, what he says is this is not going to bring her back, um, yeah, which yeah, is not right. what people want to hear when they want revenge. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what happens at this point is Carrie were, which is a very hard name to say. Kerr Um, Shoots him with a slingshot with a ball bearing and goes right through his hand. Yeah, she's had Ow. this slingshot the entire movie. Even in the dream sequence, she pulls she's it out. She's running and after him with a slingshot, yeah. like cocked, like she's Dennis the Menace or something. It's yeah. I, I, again the, the the silliness of that visual is amazing. She shoots him through the hand. He runs off, and eventually, so he has. Oh to- wait, you have you forgot that he's like, I curse you, <laughs> the white man from town. Oh yeah, curses you, and you're like, oh, I hope that'll play into it. Nah, it doesn't. It, it never just, comes it back. It just becomes well, his mantra. It's yeah. it's not a curse, curse, but you know, Joe Montana. When you bring in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Richie the he's Hammer, he's the real white man from town. No, he's the real curse. Um, so yeah, he he. Basically, it's a, it's a callback. You know, he's got to call Joe Montaigne up to, like, sort this out. You know, he owes him a favor for getting him off. And he, like, totally takes care of everything. He uses his mob smarts <laughs> to outsmart these gypsies. The main which mob. he does surprisingly easy. And also, Joe Montaigne doesn't, like, have any guys. This was... this Just is, him. This is my I thing. I love it. This is the best part of it the It is the best. And he's, like, not even trying to play a real person it's just like this is fat tony his accent yeah. is so played <laughs> except up. he's not fat he just looks like himself it's so funny and he's like this mob boss but he's taking care of everything on his own like he has no i think at one point you just see a guy waiting by his car like he's got these sort Wait, of cronies he has the mob doctor guy but he doesn't do oh anything. yeah he has one guy that the gypsies kill the, yeah, but he, oh, he doesn't know him. That's the guy that yeah. he met at the gas station. It's the Luke Perry guy. So basically, <laughs> oh. he's got to get revenge. So, you know, Joe Montaigne is like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. 
So he, he <laughs> hires this guy that he's never met before. And it's like the, he looks like Luke Perry. I walked into the room. He totally and, does. Uh, and I was like, holy shit, Luke Perry. And he's like, you go scope <laughs> out there. You're alive. <laughs> Yo. Not for long. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> and so Sorry. he's like, go scope out their camp. Like do some reconnaissance. And so he does, and then uh, comes back to tell Joe Montana, like, oh, they got these like dogs, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, ah, oh, thanks, kid. So Joe poisons the dogs, which is, makes made me sad. But um, I think the, the gypsies like kill this kid first. Yeah, it happens off screen, but then we see the after- aftermath, mm-hmm. and it looks really gruesome. But they stuff a chicken head in his mouth? Yeah, they, and they cut out his eyeballs and put like coins in his eyeballs. Or his so eyes I was like, oh man, this is going to get good. Now we're in a Romani war. And like Joe Montana has like such convoluted like <laughs> ways to go about things. <laughs> yeah, it's At true. one point he knocks um, Kaker, as we like to call her, to the ground. And he's like, I'm putting an acid <laughs> on top of your head. Don't move or the acid will fall it's on a you. Pretty, it's a pretty great move. But before this, he <laughs> actually just takes like a... A machine gun, machine gun and just yeah. shoots up the camp. So he's like, oh, but he does something even worse. He like grabs one of the Romani people. No, he yeah, and it's, he it's, like makes ties him up and like sends him to the camp and they like shoot him. Yeah, so it's Carrie Wurr's husband. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. has his nose. They're like, no, no. Yeah, he, puts, he puts duct tape over his mouth and ties man, him up. White man from town says, take it off. Yeah, and then he yeah. like he. he pushes him and so he's running towards camp he's got his arms tied behind his back and, and a big piece of duct tape across his mouth and then somehow like the gypsies think that it's the bad guy so they shoot him so they end up like killing one of their own oh that's what happened yeah, oh. yeah and then joe Montania runs off into the <laughs> night so he uh, this is how like low rent the mafia is in maine yeah but he, <laughs> he's doing all his own dirty work colin he gets results he he, <laughs> well does he because eventually uh he faces off against uh, Carrie Kerr, and like I said, Kerr-wer. he puts the ass Carrie on top of her. Wer. Carrie Wer, Carrie Wer, Wer, Kate, 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 Kate Wer. Just call her Kate. Kate Wer, Kate Wer, um, and like this big long scene with her just for him and it's like so complicated he pretends to be an fbi agent so yeah. she's in the car with oh him oh my god and Great then he puts acid no he splashes her with what he says is acid he's like ah it's water but i have real acid here yeah the thing is he sprays he goes acid bitch and he spray he he <laughs> throws a glass of water in her face and she goes ah! first Damn. and then he goes Haha, that was just water and baking soda so then why did she scream who screamed she this character I mean, you'd be scared it, if somebody screamed acid at you and threw it in your face yeah but I, at least i would probably i'm gonna try that wait tonight. a millisecond to, yeah. to even see april if it would burns. be like april would be like yeah i'm cool i'm acid proof well the thing bitch. is yeah so he kind of singles her out and he says can you identify the, or you know we think we have the guy who attacked your camp last night in custody would you mind coming with me and identifying him and then and they go, Come so over he here. brings he brings her to just a barn. Yeah, but he somehow lured her by saying that he was in a car or something because she goes into a barn and then she goes, "There's no car in here." <laughs> you said I'd have a free car. It's, yeah, it's it's so <laughs> weird. It is very convoluted. Yeah, and he throws soda pop in her face, and then yeah, so it's but the then old. He has real acid in his other hand. Justin, everyone has done. Who hasn't done the old acid fake out? <laughs> It's it's an old mafia trick. An old mafia trick. <laughs> How do you know? And like, it's so convoluted just for him to tell her, "Hey, tell him to meet me 
at the the uh, old lighthouse. The lighthouse. Yeah, so he has her on the ground, and then, uh, but then he holds up a picture. He's like, "Yeah, we got a picture of the guy who did it." And then he holds up his own mugshot <laughs> yeah. to show her, she goes, and she oh. says, "It was you." Yeah, it's it's so melodramatic. So yeah, and then he has her on the ground, and then he. Uh, puts a jar a mason jar of real acid on her forehead and he's like now balance that you know tell your dad or whatever to come meet him by the lighthouse and then this is all to buy him time so he can run out of the barn before she and does then what open the door of the other barn get in a car and drive off yeah so it's and like she's a- like I'm gonna get you, Joe Montana! <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, can't wait to see both of them face off. Nope. Spoiler, they don't. they don't. And I'll tell you why when we get to that moment. Okay. Well, um, the uh, at this point, I gotta point out that um, Billy basically looks like a corpse. And uh, the, the gore-like makeup, which is very few and far between before now, has looked really good. We had his hand with a hole in it, which looked pretty pretty gross yeah you see cool. it goes in like in front of his eye and you see like his eye in there Ooh, great camera work and uh <laughs> the uh uh oh yeah the guy in the car with the chicken head stuffed in his mouth like that looked pretty gross but he looks like well first of all like he obviously has a mask over his regular face to make his cheeks look super sunken but yeah so he looks like disgusting it's yeah. good like well, this is my, this well my favorite done. part i have to say is like the the makeup effects and it's really really difficult to do someone that's looking uh, emaciated and you know because it's hard to do negative makeup you can yeah, make someone so look I'm fatter he probably lost a bunch of weight to do this movie. yeah he lost 20 pounds <laughs> to do this role but he was still like 160 I think when they did this so they had to make it look like 160 is still pretty so they're thin. like yeah, why did you even lose any weight? He's like, I just wanted to be able to say it in an interview. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but I think at this point, it's like the makeup starts to look really good when he's kind of losing weight. And, you know, they kind of built up his cheeks to make him look very bony. And he, yeah, he pretty much when he's talking to the, the Gypsy King in front of the lighthouse in this scene, like he looks like a zombie. And speaking of um, makeup and animatronics, we get a living pie in this scene. <laughs> a so pie the- that is seemingly moving it's sort of like undulating so the gypsy man shows up and he's like all right fine like you got me i'll take this curse off but you so (laughs) you win he has a like a cherry pie or strawberry pie he cuts it open and he's like i'm gonna take it out of you and he cuts his hand i need some blood and he just shoves a knife right into his hand hole yeah and he kind of like (laughs) squeezes this blood into the pie and the pie it's like a mouth it's like you know drinking all the blood and it kind of reminded me of like the audrey 2 plant and um little shop of horrors oh okay okay. how it's like because i guess it's drinking blood kind of yeah but then he's got to give the pie. He's like, you don't have the curse anymore, but soon you have to give this pie to someone that you, you hate. You got to give it to someone else. You got to pass the curse along. So whoever eats this pie soon, they'll die and die bad. They'll and die quick. quick and clean. So, and then Billy is like, I know exactly who I'll give it to. And I was like, oh, he's going to give it to Joe Montana. No. Because like, why would been he? Building up throughout the end of the movie like oh Joe Montana is going too far I think Robert jo- or I think Billy is cool with it he's get, he's getting results yeah man I love Joe Montana's character even though oh, he's, he's great in committing this movie murder, but, but like the problem is that he just disappears like he parks a car mm-hmm. and he never cut we never see him again yeah that's because they're they're you know their favor is done Job, he, he well, got the, him off well the, he returned the yeah. favor that's it the gypsy king nope. is like he, he was supposed to be killed and I can guarantee you they shot this. In the book, um, Billy just comes back to the car 
and Joe Montana somehow only his hands are left. They've been cut off, and they're holding the steering wheel. Oh my and god! And the assumption is that like, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I I assume that like it's supposed to be the uh, woman that came and did it to him. Oh. It doesn't make any sense in the book. And this feels like a movie that they stuck really close to the novel, right. which I haven't read, I have to admit. And it's what we talked about last week in Dreamcatcher. You guys got to rewrite this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you got to change it when it doesn't work. Real tough. Well, I think they did change some things from the novel from what I've heard. Um, there's a like the end scene looks like it has things that are reshot. So it looks like they shot multiple, multiple endings, but I'm okay with um, like for some reason, like again, like what's, 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 what doesn't work about this movie is that we're not sure who we're supposed to like and who we're supposed to hate because are we supposed to hate these gypsies? Cause I kind of don't like them, but they, they, they don't do anything. They are, are kind of in the right. Yeah. Um, but the gypsy King, what he says to him is like, look, I wanted to put this curse on you because you killed my daughter, but you killed um, my granddaughter's husband and your friend is causing us trouble. So you know what? Here's this pie that'll make it better. Before it escalates. Yeah. I mean, like, when I started the movie, I was hoping there was a version where he, like, faces off a, a, uh, with a bunch of um, cursed people, like a lizard man. Maybe he attacks him. <laughs> they have a fight in a room. And by the end, he looks like that skeleton dude that's on the cover. And he's, like, attacking his family. Yeah, that so picture, I don't know why. Maybe he has to murder them. You want, it to be like, you want it to be, like, the monster squad or something that like that. That picture on the cover is not how he looks in the movie ever. It's false. No, no it's terrible. You want, like, the three of them, the lizard, him and the judge, and, like, the, uh, the police well, chief I mean, to form, like, the... this, uh, this crime squad or something like that. Yeah, and they solve mysteries. <laughs> yeah, they're the original Ghostbusters. It's like the gorilla, the guy in the stovepipe hat. <laughs> go, go, Ghostbusters. <laughs> like, even though Joe Montana has done horrible things at this point, he's a likable character. So, like, I don't want Because him. he's Joe Montana. Yeah, he's charming. You know, he's throwing fake acid on people. But the How thing, can I not be on his hey, side? Hey, if you I were I can in, guarantee you he, that he does not die in the movie because they did test screenings. Yeah. Oh. And people said, I didn't like that Joe DeMontagna died in the film. Yeah, because like, hey, if you were in Robert John Burke's shoes, you know, you were desperate. You would want Fat Tony to come and help. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so this brings us to the very end of this movie. Um, what what loose end was tied up? Oh yeah, his wife having an affair with Doctor Mikey. I had completely forgotten about this. <laughs> yeah, they really do a real like roundabout way of coming back to it. Because like suddenly, like he hates his wife, which has <laughs> yeah. never really shown any indication before. Well, earlier before he leaves town, um, he has that scene where he's uh, he picks up the chicken carcass and is like eating yeah, it with like, his hand. I've been eating. Yeah, he's like, what? Because she's like, you're crazy, a gypsy curse. Like, and he's like, well, what else is it? And, like, he's freaking out, and he's got a mouthful of chicken, and again. I think he's supposed. I think we're. This is supposed to be a scene of like domestic abuse, but how can it not be funny? Because he's got chicken in his mouth and he's spraying it everywhere. And uh. so uh, this tales from the crypt style ending, the ironic punishment. I think I would have maybe bought if it was like twenty one minutes, but because it's like nine. It's the movie's ninety eight minutes, and it ends with him being like, "I have this pie that if anybody eats it, they will die a horrible death very quickly." Ooh, so sleepy. Well, Let me just leave it out on the counter. Yeah, yeah so exactly. he so intentionally feeds it to his wife because he hates his wife. 
Yeah, he kind of turns mm. on a dime at the end. Oh, I like, forgot to mention earlier in the movie, he has a vision. Uh, well, he's awake. Uh, he sees like his wife and Dr. Mikey making out like at a corner of his house. Yeah. And I think he's just supposed to be imagining it. But I was like, is this Gypsy Curse like giving him like psychic power? <laughs> I think it's just like his paranoia kind of manifesting paranoia, itself in yeah. visions. Yeah. So he kind of like he, he's like, oh, I brought you a strawberry pie. And he tells his he calls ahead and tells his daughter to go hang out at her boyfriend's place or something. No, that she night. was already mm-hmm. out of town. Uh, he had called her ahead of time to tell her to get out of town. Uh, I don't think that's exactly what happened, but you know what? It's not important. Well, she does mention it. So, <laughs> well, anyway. Wait, okay, guys. So she feeds, <laughs> Let's, uh, us thinner files, we need to figure this out. Yeah, so he feeds the, he gives the wife some pie, wakes up the next day, and she's turned into like and an she, emaciated corpse. She's melted. And he's then. Pretty much melted. And he loves it. Yeah. He's like, he, yeah. He does something really gross, which, again, like, yeah, well, what Justin means by he loves it is that he's like happy about this, which is insane. Um, it's but he's, weird that like like the first note I would give as a producer was like I got to see somebody melt at the end of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's the wife, for. and you never see it. He he's like, oh, what's wrong with you, baby? And he makes out with this corpse, and it, he kind of uh, again going back to his obsession with eating. He's like almost like taking a bite out of her mouth. Yeah, he's like, oh, he starts wouldn't t- it have been great if he had like eaten her? He's like, I guess my <laughs> appetite's back. Yeah, that would be good. And then he's like, strawberry. And mm. It's disgusting. And then we go downstairs. It's a little weird because you would think that if you eat the person that's also eating something that's cursed maybe don't put your lips to there. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> dumb idea. Or start tasting the pie. Yeah, he's yes. like, oh, delicious. And then he goes downstairs and then the daughter's there and she actually apologizes. She says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't go where... I wasn't where... supposed to be home, but I wanted to come home. Yeah, early. she says, I was supposed to go, but blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to come home and say hi to mom or something like that. And it turns out, oh, she's eating a slice of pie too. Yep, and then he feels bad. And so this is where it gets weird because we're like, okay, he hates his wife, but he loves his daughter. Okay. But then... <laughs> and he's like, no! Yeah, he's upset. He's like, what have I done? No, he's like, what have, what have I done? And that lasts for like three seconds. And then Dr. Mikey... <laughs> no, he almost eats the pie himself. Well, Dr. Mikey uh, knocks on the door and he's like, hey, doctor, I've just got some pie. So he doesn't like give a shit, you know, his remorse over his doctor, or sorry, his daughter eating the pie. Yeah. It lasts like two seconds. Lasts, like, and then two he seconds. realizes, okay, I'm going to feed, like, forget my daughter. I'm going to feed this to Dr. Mikey because I hate him too. White doctor from town. <laughs> Door closed the end. Very Yeah, and then the camera pulls back and it's like da na 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 You hear like the crypt keeper laugh and he's like it looks he was dying to lose weight. It was an odd ending and we can tell that there were reshoots because during the part where um, he goes to eat the pie after he goes, what have I done? Um, makeup is missing from his face. Yeah. Because he has this, this like loose skin throughout the movie. Because yeah, obviously when you lose weight. It like, cuts to like an skin. insert of him and he looks completely different than the, the shot and before. And then the scene of him at the door with Dr. Mikey, again, no makeup. So this was either a reshoot or an alternate ending. And they obviously had more than one ending. I think it was a reshoot. And I, I don't know. I think Tom Holland was kind of annoyed because he had shot it closer to the novel and then the studio wanted to reshoot it. Well, I believe. Yeah. In the novel, it's just his daughter eats it and then he, he, he eats, eats the pie. It, yeah. oh, I, okay. I think yeah. that that's what um, Gypsy uh, Romani King said earlier. He's like, you want to do right by, you know, everyone and yourself, you eat this yourself. Go out mm-hmm. clean. Clean. Because you're obviously a bad person. You killed my daughter. So how about 
how about you just eat this pie yourself or you give it to somebody you got somebody and he's like yeah he's like yeah you got somebody he's like you fucking asshole you're gonna fucking feed this to somebody and murder more people but then then they go away and that's the movie Oh, you know what? I'm just reading the trivia notes here. Lots of fun information. Michael McDowell wrote a draft in 1990, which would have probably been more closer to the Sam Raimi version. Mm -hmm. And Tom Holland did like 10 rewrites on it. Probably to get it closer to the novel. I bet the Michael McDowell one is way (laughs) wackier. Well, like, do you guys think it would be better if it was closer to the novel? Or like we were saying last week, like maybe rewrite some of these. I don't, I don't remember the novel. Like I I didn't read the novel. I've never read the novel. I've read a synopsis of it. It's pretty close to the book. I used to, uh, I used to work at a library when I was in uh, high school. And so I'd get all these like books and, you know, I could check out books for free and stuff like that. But I remember listening to the audio book back when audio books were just like on cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. So you'd get like six or eight cassette tapes. And I listened to the audio book of thinner and then I just looked up the, uh, and I remember like, you know, the person reading it going, see in there. And it turns out it was Joe Montagna who actually did the, <laughs> yeah. the audio oh book. Oh my God. But I didn't know back then. I didn't know who the hell Joe Montagna was. Was this after the movie came out? No, this was. So just by coincidence. It, it must have been yeah. before because this he is 96. He did the audio book and then he would be in the movie. <sighs> hey, you're listening to Joe Montagna <laughs> on tape no, where I read the classics they... like thinner. It couldn't have been because I wasn't working at the library in 96. So this must have hmm. been before and they probably had him re-recorded after the movie came it out. It could be. I mean, they do do that uh, with uh, audiobooks. They have hmm. people who are in the movie uh, movies do them. It was Richard Bachman that read the book. Uh, okay, so was it Stephen King? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we didn't exactly say like what we all liked about the movie. I, mean, I did. Colin's... We did. I made sure that everybody said it. I said it was Joe Montana. Oh, yeah. Colin, Colin said, said it was says. makeup. And I think you said dream sequence, I did, April? but you know, I just, I like, I like the whole movie. <laughs> like uh... April, we know Thinner is your favorite movie of all time. We established that. Yeah, she it's... wants to put up this like thinner poster Honestly, in the living room. It's God, really that'd awkward. Be, that'd be disgusting. <laughs> no, it's a really good, it's just like a fun movie. As I said, like it's like a B movie. It's enjoyable enjoyable um it goes by fast it's 90 minutes you know yeah it's kind of goofy and it kind of rolls along it's one of the better stephen king adaptations in that it's not like pointlessly confusing um (laughs) you know one of the better stephen king adaptations (laughs) i would say yes but it's it's again it's not i'm not gonna say this is like an oscar-winning movie but it is a none of them it is an enjoyable beam actually i think uh i would like to point out that uh, the shawshank redemption is oh yeah that's right it's not oscar winning it's oscar nominated it was i thought shawshank redemption did win i believe it won nothing but it was nominated for like 10 things or something like that i don't know okay um but uh anything else to say about thinner it's available on amazon prime right now wouldn't it be funny if uh shawshank was written by like richard bachman and then like he got all the credit for writing the novel because like the movie was so good. He doesn't like, exist. No, he can't get credit. It was me. It was Stephen King. Uh, yeah, he exists. Haven't you ever seen George Romero's The Dark Half? Oh yeah, April, which is oh, is that what that's about? about? Oh, um, I saw that in the theater. It's about uh, Stephen King, kind of like dealing with a pseudonym in the movie. It's about a writer who has a pseudonym who's actually alive. Yeah, it's Timothy Hutton. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Timothy Hutton and Timothy Hutton, <laughs> like an evil Toge- version of himself. Together again, he, for the very first the, time. The, the, the evil version of Timothy Hutton is like a greaser who like wears a leather jacket and has his hair slicked Yeah, back. that's right. I remember listening to the audio book of that as well. 
<laughs> Joe Montana, <laughs> reading it again? <laughs> reading the Stephen King novel, The Dark Half. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that's I guess it. that's Thinner. it. Um, uh, next week, I think, is Justin's turn. You should pick another Stephen oh, King yeah. movie. So, we do three <laughs> nope, Stephen King. I already King picked my movie. You guys know what it is. All right. Well, uh, no spoilers. Um, if you want to email the podcast, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. And uh, you can tweet at us at no such thing pod. And uh, if you want to donate to the podcast, patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. And uh, we'll have a bonus episode out every two weeks for the $5 patrons. Uh, next week, we talked about a Dane DeHaan movie. Dendion. No, not the good one, The Cure for Wellness. Wait, wait. Um, the Valerian and the city of a thousand planets. Yeah, planets. I forgot to mention we were watching some. Uh, I think it was like a making of or whatever, and there was a French producer, and he was talking about why they hired Dane DeHaan, but he called him Dandion. <laughs> Dandelion. Dandion. Why we I Dandion? So anytime I say his uh, name, I, I, per- I say Dandion. That's the Parisian pronunciation. Yeah, Dandion. Uh, and if you want to tweet at me or check me out on Letterbox, I'm at April Litmanski. If you want to follow me on Letterbox, it's Justin DeClue, D-E-C-L-O-U-X. I'm also on Twitter at DeClue J. Or you can listen to me every week on the Important Cinema Club podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. And that'll do for this week. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Justin? <laughs> Nope, that's oh, it. Oh, okay. I thought it, I thought it sounded like you were going to say something. Well, that's it for no, this week. No, I, I was just going to say, I'm going to rewatch Sinner again. You know, I think I was a little hard on it. Maybe round two. Yeah, round, I would say, you know, give it a, give it a chance. Second watch. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it for this week. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, and... Uh, um, Coronavirus. Watch out for any curses. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I am April Atmansky. I'm Justin Glue. And I'm Colin Cunningham. And don't forget that there's no such thing as a bad movie. Thin Podcast. <laughs> over. I always do it uh, to April. <laughs> I think the, the past couple of years on her birthday, I always send her a picture of that the gypsy man, and then I just put like a, a text bubble and it just says, Older. You're cursing me. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>